Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another GDT Tuesday. I am your host, Cody Coster. With me from Chicago, Mr. John Spainhauer. John, how are you today? Doing great, Cody. How about yourself? I am doing well, my friend. We could use a little rain, but you know what? We're not going to complain too much. Oh, it's just been uh, such a beautiful spring. If you complained, I might get upset. That's true. That's why I'm not going to do it. (laughs) But the reason we are here is another glorious global dairy trade on the 6th of June today. A little bit of a mixed bag today, huh? Yeah, you bet. You know, it's been three weeks since we last spoke. Uh, It's one of those rare times when there's three weeks between auctions. Was expecting the market to change a little bit more than maybe it actually did. Um, and there are some movements out here, but certainly not a clear and concise direction on where we're going, at least after today's auction. If we start out with some of the big numbers here, we'll look at it and say the big winner on the day was cheddar at 7.4% higher. When we put that in terms of dollars per pound, that puts us at $2.12. I'll keep in mind that right now the U.S. market is an average of about a dollar fifty-two, and the EU price is about a dollar ninety-eight. Um, so, if we were to look at this cheddar price today, one could walk away from that saying that is extremely bullish. Certainly, hard to say it's bearish when we see that price go up. However, we always have to warn people that there is a very small amount of cheese that is traded on the GDT. It looked like today, if I did my math correct. Always hard to do when you're going metric tons and the dollars per pound, but uh, getting pretty good at it. And I think it looked like there was a total of about 28 loads of cheese that traded on the GDT today. For perspective on that, we've been trading almost that amount every day on the CME spot exchange in the last few weeks. So just keep that in mind. However, it, again, we do have to look at it and say the New Zealand price was about two two twelve. Again, EU 198 and the US 152. So at the very least, it does start to open the some doors to the idea of maybe some exports. When we move over to the butter market, butter was up 0.5% today, and we'll put that in on a uh, translation of about $2.25. For the EU right now, they're at about $2.21. And then finally, the US right now ended the day at two thirty eight. That was down a little bit. Last week, we put in our highest butter price on the CME of the year, year to date. And this week we've been moving lower ever since we hit that point. And I don't think that today's GDT is necessarily going to help or hurt that cause in, in terms of where we're going in terms of a price. But I would like to point out that in the world of butter right now, the US at 238, EU 221, New Zealand 225, in the world of butter, that is about as close to convergence as I think we can probably ask for. So I would say the butter markets and relatively good harmony. When we get into probably the ones that are going to influence us the most, uh, let's look at skim milk powder. It came in at 0.0%, exactly unchanged. That's, uh, you know, at least on the the GDT website and depending on what contract you're looking at, but on average 0.0. And I would put that in at a price of $1.25. That really hasn't moved here in the last three, two to three auctions, I don't believe. I think it's important to point out that coming into the auction, futures were looking for a better result to the tune of about 3% of a higher 
price than what we ended up with. So if we were to look at skim milk powder's result today, even though it's 0.0, one could say it was a bit of a disappointment to market expectations. However, again, hard to say flat is bearish. So we'll just go ahead and say that it just came in a little bit less than expectations. Where things are a little interesting is whole milk powder. Whole milk powder came in at 3% lower today. When we look at the pulse was suggesting that we would come in about 4% lower. Futures were looking between 3 and 4% lower. At one point in time, some of the back ones were actually looking for, the back month futures were looking for like 9% lower. So that did not happen. But if we were to say, is 3% lower real negative? I'd say yes. Again, though, if we were looking for it to be 4% lower, maybe some people could say this was a bit of a better result than expectations. I'm going to go ahead and say, sure on that one. But when you just look at a whole milk powder and say that it's the big dog of the race here, lower is lower. Whole milk powder was kind of the the guide or, you know, the lodestar, if you will, showing that the market could go higher. Part of that was based on Chinese buying, which has been relatively aggressive. When we look at the results of this auction and, and stand back and look at the geographic breakdown, China was here, but they didn't outperform. And maybe for the last few auctions or earlier, uh, in the year, they were very much outperforming. On this auction, they did not. And this was their lowest volume since September of last year. And so, again, we always look at it to say whole milk powder, the biggest buyer out there is going to be China. We know that there are some problems going on in China from a demand perspective right now. There have been, but they're not really getting better. But we also know that milk production in China is up considerably. And probably so is whole milk powder production. So we got kind of a, a demand problem and an increased supply problem in China. It just really backs them off of those purchases on the GDT. On the flip side of that, though, Southeast Asia, who is a very big buyer of skim milk powder and more, more than likely one of the buyers of cheese out here today, they were very aggressive and put in a very nice performance, probably one of the strongest that we've seen all year to date. So... Again, a little bit of a mixed bag. Uh, I would look at it to say whole milk powder is so important to the health of the international milk price. And, and so it going down puts me in a bit of a, oh boy, this isn't good camp. And at the same point in time, when we look at it from, hey, Southeast Asia is popping back up here, that kind of puts you in a, well, okay, uh, let's keep an eye on this thing still. It's uh, maybe uh, it's not over with yet is the way I would look at it. And so I, it still leaves me on the sidelines. Um, in either case, I would say probably not a tremendous amount of downside in any of these products at this point in time, but I still have to call into question the amount of upside potential that we might have, especially after an auction like this. Well, I think you've mentioned it on previous uh, episodes, John, looking at this saying, you know, if China and Southeast Asia get going in the same direction, whether that be higher or lower, we have at least a little bit of something to look at here. But if you look at the purchase by region on the bar graph, I mean, they are directly, directly opposite of each other, which we haven't seen in, I mean, quite a long time. I mean, it is, they've crossed paths and uh, it's not looking very good over there. You know, what's even weirder about it, Cody, is, is that uh, when you talk to people out in the international market, a lot of them will say, hey, my Southeast Asian demand is a little soft right now. So I guess I'm surprised to see the GDT perform as well as it did, at least in terms of Southeast Asian participation. Yet the the print is the print, and for right now we have to look at it and say, well, they were they were here and they soaked up some product. Exactly. 
kind of looking at the cheese price, John, you'd mentioned it's such a discrepancy in our cheese price compared to things overseas. And, and we've seen this in previous, I mean, the past couple of weeks when we've done these episodes, quite the, the price discrepancy. And you mentioned possibly maybe a little bit more bullish for us looking forward with our price so much lower compared to the GDT auction right now. You know, yeah, I did mention that. And I guess I have reservations about getting too excited about it. I do want to remind everybody about some of the conversations we've had on this podcast over the last six months or so. And that is that exports are typically done on a three to six month contractual basis. Is it possible to do spot exports when the spot price of the U.S. goes lower than the EU or New Zealand? The answer is, of course. Right. And that can soak up product and and get some temporary excess out of the market. But in order to have sustained exports that have a structural effect on the price of cheese, I think you have to have contractual exports. And by that, I mean, you know, somebody from Southeast Asia says, I will take X amount of pounds a month out of the country and I'm going to do it at at this flat price. Because if not, you're just going always looking for that spot buyer. And it's not impossible to have that spot buyer on a month-to-month basis. It's just typically not the way things are done. So if I look out here and see that the New Zealand cheddar price is 212, of course, I'm going to look at that with some skepticism in terms of just how important it is. But if I want to bring it back to the EU price, which is probably our biggest competitor, like I mentioned, $1.98 for cheddar right now. Dig down into the mozzarella side of things, which is probably the biggest area that we compete with is EU mozzarella. That's come up from $1.50, probably trading $1.60 right now. And in some cases, people saying, hey, we, we, we think we're about ready to get $1.70. One could look at $1.70 mozzarella and say, well, why can't we get that, mo- that price at $1 when we're at $1.50? Or excuse me, why can't we capture those exports? And again, I have no doubt that there's a possibility of spot exports or that it that it hasn't already happened. Just here in the last few days, we've seen the, the spot cheese market come up in the U.S. And, and volume has really slowed down on the exchange. However, if again, when I look out there and see that the July to these cheese bid is $1.85 and a half, I, I really look at that and say, boy, I don't know how we would have gotten sustained exports right? To, to really move this stuff because our price, our futures price, which would allow people to get a longer term structural export deal, it's too high. Uh, I'm not saying that somebody didn't cut a deal. I just look at it to say, I'm not exactly sure why they would or how they would get it done. Um, so with that said, just because the rest of the world is moving a little bit higher now, I'm not sure that that's going to lead to bigger exports here in the US and therefore higher prices. Um, in order to make that happen, I think either the rest of the world, the futures price has to go higher or the U.S. price needs to stay down here until we get, you know, possibly into the next quarter where we can m- maybe get into some longer term deals. But for right now, I look at it to say, boy, there's a huge disconnect between our spot price and our futures price. And that's probably going to prohibit us from getting those exports. Understood. Well, besides everything that we've talked about so far, John, is there anything specifically on this auction that really stuck out to you, kind of hit you in the face as something that we need to kind of cover going and looking into the future here? I don't know about this auction in particular, but uh, I'm sure everybody on this podcast is tired of me talking about the export market. We've been harping on it for so long, but we can say that those 
you know, the slowdown in exports, I, I can look at it and say, boy, I can directly attribute a lot of the weakness in the cheese market right now to a loss in exports. We'll get our April export report. We'll probably see that exports were way down, or at least I suspect they'll say that. I think that's a big factor of it. But I do want to point out that in just the last few weeks here, we've had some people come to us with the idea that domestic demand is actually starting to slow down a little for cheese. And I have to say, we haven't heard this kind of rhetoric or talk since before the pandemic. And by that, I mean, during the pandemic, of course, if prices got too high, people would say, oh, well, I'm going to slow down because next month will be cheaper and then I'll pick up more. Or, boy, I'm losing a little bit of demand around the margins. But those were all at very high prices. Here we are on the cheddar market at one of the lowest prices we've seen since the pandemic, a price point we would look at to say lower prices should create demand. And several manufacturers, suppliers, traders in general are coming back and saying, boy, my end users, the people that face the grocery store and the people that face food service, they're starting to see a little bit of a, not just a little bit of a slowdown in demand, but a slowdown in demand just at the end user side of things. As to what's creating that slowdown, you could say higher prices, you can say inflation, probably all of the above. Maybe a little bit of everybody is kind of shifting back out of that eating at home mind frame as much. But nevertheless, you just have to stand back from it and say, boy, the demand side domestically is starting to feel a little sloppy here. So now it's like we have double trouble on the demand front. And at the same point in time, it just doesn't feel like we have seen milk production slow down in a demonstrable way yet. I I don't know exactly where to go with that other than to say, I I don't know that we've, A, maybe we haven't seen the worst of the prices in class three or cheese or milk in general. But B, again, I go back to the idea that I don't know that we're going to come out of this price point in a really, really quick way. Certainly, there's room for a little bit more downside, maybe. But in terms of the upside on the spot price right now, boy, it kind of has me on my heels. I I know on this podcast, we've talked about it for a while, the idea that lower prices in Q1 and Q2 were going to cause milk production to slow down in Q3 and four, and then prices would go higher again. I think we're at a point now where the ships kind of sailed for that argument to happen in Q3. And I think that's why, in general, you've seen those Q3 prices slide pretty hard as compared to the Q4 prices. Yeah, there seems to be kind of a gigantic shift happening in the industry right now where a lot of folks were talking like that. And you and I were on the same podcast. And now it's more of a, hey, things are not really picking up as much. You know, there's always the argument for we got into the spring flush early. The spring flush should end early. But as we know, producers are always very good at keeping very good care of the cows and keeping the milk coming. And that is seemingly what is happening in the States as we speak. You know, I've often gotten caught in the trap before that uh, it's often darkest before the dawn or it's often the most bearish at the bottom. So I don't want to get caught in that trap. I really want to reserve the right of saying, I don't think there's a whole lot of downside from 143 cheese or 150 cheese. Of course there could be. I just look at that to say, that's a, a price point that is is probably affordable by most people's budgets. Again, with those futures out there at such a premium, it creates an enormous cash and carry opportunity. But at the same point in time, I guess where 
I'm willing to go a little bit more out on a limb is to say, I just don't know how aggressive or longstanding any sort of rally we see here and in, in the, during the summer can be unless we see demand really pull back in or unless we see milk production slow down a little. Awesome. Well, John, as always, we appreciate your insights to the GDT and the dairy markets in general. Uh, the next time we're going to get together is on the 20th, so in about two weeks. But before we go, as everyone knows or should know, June is Dairy Month. And because June is Dairy Month, the Everag Insights team is offering a free trial to some of our world-class publications. If you would, check out the link in the description to this podcast for more information and check out those publications. We appreciate you guys listening, tuning in. Until next time, have a great week.